Hey folks, this is Steve Vai, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks, so turn it up. Welcome to episode 436 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing the best hard rock, heavy metal, blues talk on the net. Episode 436. Uh, sorry, it's been a little while. Obviously, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic has uh, had a huge impact on the music business, um, grinded many, many tours to a halt. I know our last episode, 435, we spoke to Britt Floyd, who played right before, you know, the kind of the music industry fell off the cliff. Uh, so it's been a little while. I apologize for that. But we are joined uh, in this episode by Mike Keneally. Mike, uh, many of you uh, remember from Frank Zappa's band, played with Steve Vai, has played with Devin Townsend, um, an amazing musician. Uh, had an opportunity to catch him uh, just, I believe it was in 2018, on the G3 tour he played as part of Joe Satriani's band uh, a multi-instrumentalist very talented he's got a brand new project with uh, fellow musician Scott Shore uh, the band is called MFTJ Mike plays guitar bass piano uh, Scott who has uh, been a producer also does drums and percussions and keyboards and, and Mike really does a great job of explaining how this project worked uh, which was really kind of a fascinating collaboration I think anybody who in especially in this era who were forced to be apart from our fellow musicians uh, could learn something from from this conversation with Mike I think he talks uh, gives you an idea of how you can collaborate across the wires and across the airwaves so really interesting stuff so we're gonna play you a little bit of MFTJ uh, that album is available now we'll get into that interview with Mike Keneally <laughs>
Ladies and gentlemen, my pleasure to welcome Baron City Rocks. We have on the line Mike Kennealy. How you doing, Mike? Doing okay, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great in this uh, vastly changing musical climate, unfortunately, that we're, we're both kind of enduring. I'm sure this has got to be uh, tough for you. I know when we first approached your team about talking to you, you had been out on the road with Devin Townsend, and we're going to have to wait till the tour's over, and then I got an email tours over so um suddenly the tour was over suddenly yeah. and that's a, the case with everyone we're talking to but uh, i really wanted to talk about uh, an exciting new uh project you know album you've got uh, with mftj um you know some some amazing music and i think uh you and scott well, thank you. really made I love listening to it because it you it you almost feel smarter for listening to it. I don't know if that's it's maybe a weird way to say it, but uh, <laughs> there you go. it's it's like you know there's, it, our, it, there's our slogan. Yeah, if you, you could bottle that. Um, but can can you talk a little bit about you know what brought you and Scott together? I know obviously you guys have got very long past um, you know impressive resumes, but what brought the two forces together? I think I think we we first. Uh, well, I first became aware of him through through Marco Miniman mm-hmm. because Marco and I were in Joe Satriani's band together, mm-hmm. and then Marco, who, who you know, he puts out another solo album every other week. Uh, he he had uh, done an album a few years back called Eeps, and that was uh, that was released by by Lazy Bones, which is Scott Shore's record label. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember being on the road with Satriani and uh, and going online and just seeing a lot of coverage of this of this album. And Marco had done a lot of albums prior to that, mm-hmm. and you know the, the the people that were in the know knew that that Marco was amazing and he was making these great albums. But uh, this new album was just like getting a lot of coverage. It was in that it was I was seeing just like a lot of stuff online about it, and I was I was. You know, that struck me, and uh, and then during the course of of, of touring, uh, we uh, we met or, or I met Scott Shore, and uh, we just hit it off personally. You know, just like, oh, this guy's great, he's fun to hang out with, and and, uh, and clearly he's uh, he's got it together. I just like mm-hmm. learned about what he was up to, um, and uh, and we just connected, and we we stayed in touch, and then years later he proposed the idea for for this record and it just uh, it it kind of all fell together pretty pretty naturally at that point now were you guys when when you put the music together were you able to in, in you know this kind of environment are you able to get together to write I and mean, obviously you're both you know working musicians and producers and, and you know obviously busy i mean that's the name of the game in the music industry for a, for a fellows such as yourself are you able to get together to write or do you kind of just share files back and forth yeah i mean it it, it wasn't just our schedules it was the geographical realities because mm-hmm. i'm i'm in san diego and he's in you know, at the at starting he, at the beginning of the project he was in new zealand and then he was in australia so he uh he and i were so far apart from one, one another that it just was never feasible for us to be in the same physical space at the same time right but uh it worked out just fine anyway cuz he had started the all the, the the songs on his own he had the ideas for all the the rhythm tracks and, and okay. recorded them himself um you know he's a drummer and a and a bass player and and uh, a sound designer and a editor and all this stuff that 
just like very producer minded so he right. was able to create all the, the rhythm tracks on his own and then he sent those to me and I went into the studio here in town and uh, and he just encouraged me to, to go hog wild on the stuff mm -hmm. you know, just, like, just not be too concerned about structure or coming up with, with uh, you know trying to craft right you know, finally, uh, finally honed melodic ideas. Just like go in and 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 basically uh, go nuts, which is what I did. I, I I went in and and recorded a bunch of guitars, a bunch of keyboards, and and just uh, like gave him a a lot of stuff to play with. Uh, okay. And then I, I I sent those those tracks back to him, and he, you know, he just like put on his his mining helmet and and found the found the gold. And uh, you know, from from all the stuff that I that I played, he he found bits that sounded like hooks to him, or just you know, you know useful melodic ideas to mm -hmm. uh, to to, to uh, capture and repeat. And uh, and then he sent me that stuff, and I, I was like flabbergasted. I, I played that, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you know, I I do, I must have track uh, six, but, minute but, three, but, thirty two seconds in, yes. Yeah, exactly. Just the the way he you know he he hunted and gathered all of this stuff was uh, was pretty phenomenal. So you know we we then just had a, a, a fairly lengthy but not arduous just like a, a kind of relaxed process of of going back and forth. You know he would send me something. What do you think of this? And I'd say, well, I, I you know I think this this section would be more interesting if this happened or mm -hmm. you know that that one thing that you found that i played you know i i, I would rather it, it was different in some way um and uh so then together we just uh refined the the those tracks more and then he said okay now go back in the studio again and overdub more stuff on top of this first thing so it was you know it was sort of like a a paper mache process of just like yeah. you know, layering things, and uh, so I did. He he crafted and 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 uh, formalized the the first batch of, of overdubs that I did. Sent those back to me, and then I went in and did another batch of, of overdubs and went even more insane uh, with uh, guitars and and keyboards and kind of the, the way it went was like I think the the first batch of stuff that I sent him. Turned into the the more of the, the structural stuff, and then the second batch of stuff that I sent him turned into uh, more melodic things. But you know, it's it's all kind of mysterious to me because my process when I'm improvising, which is mostly what I was doing mm -hmm. in the studio, uh, is to not be thinking at all, but to just try to be a part of the music and allow it to allow the ideas to come through me without me getting in the way too much and all that kind mm -hmm. of cosmic you know stuff and and uh and then he then was was the one who had the uh the left brain job of of, of dealing with all of my uh extemporaneous stuff and turning it into structure so i had the easy job <laughs> i love that. and he I love the term sound cool. designer. You know, that, that, I think that should be a credit on every album from now on. That, that's a, you know, when you listen to it and, and you, it, you, when you're talking about how you did it, and you, you, you know, I think about the sounds I was hearing as going through it. You can kind of feel that. Now, was it? Do, did he leave you something? You know, when you're done, the end result. Do you concern yourself even when you're playing the parts of, you know, 
am I going to be able to play this? You know, you decide you want to tour or you know play some gigs. Do you concern yourself for how easy this is going to be playable when you're done? You know, because you said he's taking things out, repeating things. Not even. Just, not even remotely. <laughs> okay. You know, it's it, it, it's in in the in the process of, of creating this stuff. It's always just about is this is this interesting? You know, yeah. is this valuable in some way? Um, and 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 plus, I've I've we haven't really discussed the possibility of playing this stuff live yet. Mm-hmm. It's so layered. We would probably need a, a you know a, a fourteen piece band yeah. uh, to to make it sound anything like the recording. But you know, if if for some reason budgets started falling from the sky upon us, uh, you know, it would just take some some doing to to yeah. uh, decode it. Uh, but it, but it's doable. And uh, you know, if there's one thing that has kind of uh, kept me busy throughout my career in terms of being hired by other people to do stuff, it, it's it's that yeah. I, it, if if I if I have to. You know, learn something that's that's intricate or difficult mm-hmm. to play. Um, you know, give me give me some time, and I'll and I can provide that. So that's yeah. that's you know, I I we could play that stuff again if the time and the budget allowed, which right. you know, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's the harsh reality of, of of the music business. Not not just for you know experimental or progressive music or how, you know whatever label you want to put on it, but even you know tried and true bands. Sometimes it's hard to get music out there but it's it's interesting to listen to the the process that goes in you know because you know it's not like the situation where you're building and and not to knock on acdc because there's there's something very beautiful in the way they make their music but you're not building acdc songs you know it's not you know verse 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 chorus bridge and whatever um you know you're but it's like it's it, there's that's what's wonderful about about wonderful about music, right? Mm-hmm. That there's so many different kinds of, of, of music, and and you yeah. know, MFTJ, uh, just you know, to name another band that whose name consists of four letters like mm-hmm. ACDC. You know? Yeah, <laughs> um, we uh, it's just, it's, a, it's a studio project, right? And I don't, right. I don't think Scott and I ever really had anything else in mind other than to just to mm-hmm. make make create sound and and we didn't really know what we were making and when it was all said and done we, we're still not quite sure what it is in right. terms of putting a, a label on it or anything it's just stuff that we find you know, fun to listen to yeah. and uh and you know it's it's it probably uh it obviously is going to be a different type of listening experience to ACDC but i sure. think that a lot of people who enjoy ACDC would enjoy this too it's yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah i just think from a, from a you know you see a lot of bands you know projects record companies that, that will put together sort of super groups and, and you know when you pull it back you realize that a lot of times you guys never met each other in person or you never saw each other in the process but the music, you know, sometimes can lend itself to probably being a little bit easier to do via file transfer. You know, where with what you're talking about with Scott, what he had to do with the parts that you recorded, it sounds very labor intensive. Um, you know, so it's, it's just in a totally different recording process, really, than than what we're used to seeing. And that's, I think, why it comes across so interesting. You know, it's not, it's not. Um, 
something you can listen to once and say, okay, I, I've got that song. You know, you go back and listen to it. You put headphones on. You put earbuds. You, you listen to it in your car. You can, you hear different things. You feel different things. Um, and I yeah, really, I mean, it, that's I even even having been you know, responsible for a mm-hmm. lot of what you're hearing on there, I I I feel the same way. Every time I listen to it, I I, I hear something different. I get something new out of it. And uh, you know, and the labor-intensive part is 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 down to Scott. I, yeah. you know, for me, it was it was uh, three or four days in the in the studio, and then uh, you know, a, a certain amount of time spent emailing stuff back and forth, yeah. and, and uh, assessing what we had and, and giving my input on on where it, it might go. But but uh, but really, it's it, it's it's down to Scott, just like being very very patient and diligent with with finding the the best of the stuff that i gave right. him and, and and turning it into you know these these interesting memorable uh little nuggets of melody and and mm-hmm. rhythm and and it's you know it's just and i and i like i said i have no idea what it is you know i i couldn't really tell you what what genre it belongs to but yeah it's, uh, i I, uh, I just get a kick out of it every time i hear yeah. it <laughs> and that's i think that's what makes it great it isn't something that you can easily slap a label on and say okay this is a you know you know you can sometimes with artists you can say oh, that's a shred album that's a prog album that's a whatever acid rock you know the ones that leave you scratching your head sometimes are the real interesting ones um Mike, as a as a guitarist, you you've worked with you know a, amazing group of musicians, and I think anybody who's watched you perform alongside those realize you know you've got the chops. I remember uh, literally bringing the house down when you played on the G3 tour recently with Joe. Um, you know when you guys were were trading off solos, you're like, who is that guy? You know it just um, you know for people who maybe didn't realize who you were. Um, do you, as a musician, do you prefer the studio, prefer the road, or um, you know, do you have kind of a, 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 if you had your druthers, you know, and had to pick one route, was there a direction you'd prefer to go? Well, I mean, I'm I'm grateful to to be able to enjoy both. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's they're so different. I re- I love making records. I love mm-hmm. crafting stuff. I love being you know really just like getting out the. The, the jeweler's glass and, and getting yeah. way way down drilling down to just like the, the, the micro details of stuff that's that's incredibly fun for me and I love when I'm making my solo albums having like total control over every aspect of it and, and making a, a song come out mm-hmm. precisely the way I want it to you know that's that's incredibly satisfying and but then being on stage and connecting with people that way is is Immensely satisfying in a completely different way, and and you you know, have a much less control over what's ha- what's happening in the moment. But mm-hmm. if you're if you're if you're dialed into the moment, you you or at least what I try to do is 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 kind of approach it in a in a producer type way, which is you know okay. So right now there's 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 this is a, a present moment in time. Everybody's in this room at one, you know, a certain amount of us are on stage making music, and there's all those people out there that are that are watching it happen and, and listening. What can I do in this moment to maximize the potential of, of what's happening right now? And and that's what's super exciting for me when when you know you just you assess the moment instantly and then figure out what is the right thing to play right then that's that that helps bring it all together. Yeah. And it's it's so much fun and like this this Devon tour that we were just on, 
it, the the audiences are so incredible, so supportive, and you know I think about that. I think about past live experiences. I you know, just like like when I was in in Death Clock and we were on on, mm-hmm. on the road and and audiences were just going nuts and and responding to the that combination of like really serious heavy music but also the comedy of the animation and just the the, the weirdness of the the whole yeah. package and, and and people just losing their minds over it. That's such a satisfying thing to be a part of, and then, you know, and then on the other side of it, to, to get into some really esoteric, you know, like kind of avant-garde projects like I've done, and and mm-hmm. things that are like completely improvised music that only happens once and never again. Like when I was with Frank Zappa, and, and mm-hmm. there would always be like a, a, a solid portion of each show, like fifteen twenty minutes of each show, where we had no idea what was going to happen. It was all just just up to you know frank conducting using us as an instrument playing us like he's like we are a, an instrument you know and and uh and that was always different every night and always exciting and satisfying and it's and everybody in the room is experiencing it at that moment and, and no one else will ever experience it again like that that stuff is priceless you know and and those type of moments by by their nature can't happen in a recording studio because it's it's the the energy of that moment everybody in the room is contributing to it so it's it's they're two very very different things right now obviously live playing is off the table right and, yeah and, and we and we honestly have no idea when it's when that's going to come back again so i'm uh, you know about to, to get deep into recording at home and 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 just like trying to create as much stuff as i can and and uh, say you know what basically what i'm saying is this is what i have to offer the world at this moment yeah. this, is, this is the best i can do so yeah. i'm going to you know try to be as, as productive and creative as i can and but i think about when we when we all come out the other end of this and and we can go out and start playing again that's going to be so freaking satisfying I, you know, yeah. I, i'm i'm already i'm already excited about that you know when when, when we're going to be able to get out there and start doing shows again it's going to be unbelievable. So, um, you know, it's like I'm just, I consider sure. myself really fortunate and, and I feel I'm humbled and, and really grateful to like to be able to go out and, and do music. It's, it's incredible. I have one question that kind of popped into my head when you were talking about Frank and, and kind of conducting you and how exciting that was. And for a period of time, was that terrifying? Because as you're talking to it, I'm thinking, God, that sounds stressful. You know, somebody you know as meticulous and, and masterful as Frank. You know, was that intimidating at first? Is that something you had to kind of work through to you know have a comfort in doing that? In you mean when, during the improvisational thing? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, com- composition is all about contrast, right? So mm-hmm. with, with 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 Frank, it, he loves contrasting the really prepared rehearsed intricate stuff with the completely extemporaneous off the cuff we we have no idea what's about to happen stuff and mm-hmm. it's the contrast between the t- the two where you get a lot of the interest if it was all one thing or the other to him it would it's not it's not as interesting it's like being able to do one and then shift to the other so from the band's point of view or at least you know speaking for myself i loved that stuff because it it was like it was a, a release after you know, mm-hmm. a, a, a large portion of the show where, where it's just about you know playing the, the pieces uh, as, just as accurately as you possibly can, 
and then the the opposite approach where it's not about accuracy because you haven't practiced it you know it, it, yeah. it's about it's it's about just being present and and it's it's a challenge yeah because you have to be on your toes because you never knew when he was going to point at you and and, mm-hmm. and it was it was your job to you know like be the the primary voice in this you know spontaneous composition that that he was creating but you know i was i was that was my first gig in a way and i was still mm-hmm. i was very young i i the thing that was intimidating wasn't that it was just when i when i suddenly found myself in the band and, and, yeah. and it was so it was so crazy because i i grew up idolizing frank and yeah. then to have that be my first professional gig was yeah. that that's what that's what it took a while to get over well, once once i made peace with that and understood yes yes this is reality then uh it was all just uh it was all just like candy, you know. Like yeah, like, bring it on. <laughs> you, you can assume that you didn't get that job playing the guitar like me. So for you, you know, you had the skill and the chops to get the job. You were probably <laughs> fairly comfortable. Well, that's a, uh, that's what you know. One of the other one of the most bizarre things about that is that I, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I was trained as a keyboardist. I only ever yeah. had keyboard lessons when I was growing up, and and I, I started teaching myself guitar because. I loved it, you know. So, mm-hmm. so as, as a guitar player, I was completely untrained, you know, compared to somebody like Vi, who mm-hmm. had, you know, the the job of, before I did in Frank's band playing that stuff, who obviously was extremely rigorously trained and incredibly capable. Mm-hmm. That was that was intimidating too. To, to yeah. like, okay, so, so the last guy who had this gig was Steve Vi, and now it's me, a keyboard player who like just plays guitar for a good time. So that that was another thing where, and you know, and when I when I listen back to those recordings now, I guess I was 26 by the time we actually went on the road. Obviously, I hear a million things that I would do differently now, but that's 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 what the beginning of a career is about. I'm sure, you know, any number of musicians would would say the same thing uh, yeah. from recordings made at the beginning of their career. It just so happens that guys like Frank and Miles Davis and you know a, a, other just like giants of, of music uh, they find guys to be in their band when they're you know close to the beginning of their journey mm-hmm. and it, and it's and it, it, the fact that they then give them a home to do what they do and they support them and they feed them and the idea with Frank was always he loves or because his music was was so uh, difficult to play, uh, every everybody who was ever in his band went through the thing of Frank presents them with something to play, and they go, "Well, I can't do that." <laughs> or I, 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 I had the same experience with Steve Vai when I had to play Steve's stuff, and you know, it's like I can't play that. That's 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 you know, Steve played that, you know, and Steve's fingers are three inches longer than mine. I'm not yeah. capable of playing this thing, uh, but. Then you know you you go well. This is my gig. I either play this thing or I potentially lose the gig. So I better I better just bear down and do it. And then you spend the twelve hours a day for a week or whatever it takes. And then you go, hey, I can play this, you know. And then you have grown as a result. You have you have that in your in your you know you've got that arrow in your quiver for the rest of your life. And, and that's uh, that's just amazing. And and it's one of those other things that I'm just so grateful for. Yeah, absolutely, and it's 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 fascinating. I know Steve's kind of you know I think just recently Guitar World had kind of documented his his um 
you know, time in coming into the band with with uh, Frank. So it was, it was fascinating to listen to you kind of recount a, a similar, but you you know, he didn't have he wasn't following Steve Vai. You know, Steve Vai never has to follow Steve Vai. You had to follow. <laughs> exactly. And that's that's you know that's exactly. a, a, an awesome perspective you know because you kind of like doubly intimidated because he you know he talked about how intimidated you know by Frank's musical prowess but you know that is it's you're dead on so well Mike I want to thank you so much again the new album is available now um, MFTJ by MFTJ it's on your Bandcamp is is that the the best place or is there a place to get physical product if if someone would want it. Is uh, not yet physical product. It's uh, you know Scott and I are both old school guys and you know mm-hmm. who who lo- love going to a record store and buying a thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the moment, you know record stores aren't even open if they yeah really exist. so uh, so it's uh, it is for now available on Bandcamp. Excellent. So it's mftj.bandcamp.com. Mike, I want to thank you so much and uh, wish you guys all the best. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Already big thank you to Mike Keneally. Again, MFTJ is available now. Uh, you can get that. If, we'll have a link on our show notes. If you go to ironcityrocks.com and follow the link to episode 436, we will have a link uh, to pick up that on Bandcamp. Uh, that way, you know, the, the guys who made the music um, can get the maximum amount of proceed, uh, which is certainly the way the music business should be. And I think in this time uh, where a lot of bands are, are not on the road, anything you can do to help acts, it would be great. I know when we first uh, approached uh, Mike's uh, team about talking to him, he was on the road with Devin Townsend, and they said, you know, we'll try to fit it in, you know, in between days off and things like that. And then, you know, the, unfortunately, the music industry fell off a cliff, and uh, you know, sadly, he was available. I should say that. It was lovely to talk to him, but it was sad that he was available because I would dra- rather see him out on the road with Devin. Uh, you know, getting a paycheck, quite frankly. So anything you can do uh, to help out bands. Uh, I know a lot of you have been checking out bands, Facebook Lives, a lot of bands are, are taken to the airwaves. And it, it's, honestly, I have to admit, in, in a strange sort of selfish way, it's kind of cool because a lot of bands are doing things much more intimate. You know, I, I certainly miss, you know, the big giant uh, rock show. There's nothing like going to a, an arena, a stadium to see a rock show, but... I have to say that there's something really cool about watching, you know, one of your favorite musicians sitting at home with just a, you know, a single guitar and no band or an acoustic guitar uh, playing music. So, you know, it's it's kind of an interesting time, uh, not a prosperous time for the music industry, but certainly a different time, an interesting time. So, invite you to check out as many as you can. And for musicians out there, don't be ashamed or, or bashful. You know, post a PayPal link. You know, you've got to pay the pay the rent just like everybody else so don't hesitate to ask i think a lot of fans are behind you so uh, you know don't be ashamed to do that i uh, want to invite you to check out our website ironcityrocks.com links to all 435 previous episodes so if you're looking for something to do while quarantined uh, feel free to go back and pick through the archives of so many great musicians we've been blessed to talk to over the years uh this is a little bit of a slow time unusually slow time usually the spring is very busy for us you know with artists coming through and touring uh which is when we try to we try to uh profile artists when they're going on tour have a new album come out uh frankly to to bolster attendance at shows we want to see tours succeed we want to see particularly in western pennsylvania we want to see venues fill up uh, so that these bands continue to tour and do the music we love 
unfortunately this is like we said a very different time so you know if you're if you are working you have some money you know order a t- record order a t-shirt order something you know don't be a don't be uh uh, bummed out that necessarily the show isn't happening you can still support the artists you love and, and um, catch up on some listening you've been meaning to so until next time we want to thank you so much for listening you can drop us an email at ironcityrocks at gmail.com we're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter are all forward slash ironcityrocks or even on Snapchat uh, ironcityrocks so hit us up uh, until next time thank you so much for listening <laughs>